Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Gracious and beautiful Lord, you, you are here and we are here. Lord, may we awaken to your presence with us and may we be here together. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome. You know, it's a big day at St. Michael's today. Yeah, really big day. In case y'all didn't know that. No, it's my eighth, Katrina and I, it's our eighth anniversary today. Right? Yeah. So like I'd seen balloons and all kinds, I'm like, wow, they really made a big deal about this. All right. Today I would like to start with a question. What do these organizations have in common? Google. Harley-Davidson, Disney, Amazon, St. Michael's Episcopal Church, Orlando. Dun, 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 dun. They all began in a garage, all right? And here's the beautiful thing. Great things begin in small, insignificant, and unexpected places. I mean, the truth is, in 1948, long before there was the Apostles' window, long before we had our pews redone and new seat cushions and slate floors, long before there was a Quigley Hall or a pipe organ, God was at work. God was moving on His people. And God had set His holy people apart and gave them a purpose and a mission from God. You could literally say that out of nothing, God created St. Michael's Church at Duckworth Garage on Edgewater. I mean, imagine a garage being used by God as a sacred space where people could awaken to the wondrous, radical good news of Jesus Christ and literally have their lives changed by this. So look around. All of this, every bit of this is here because God had a dream. It's here because people were faithful to God's dream. They trusted in God's dream. They prayed God's dream. They gave financially and of their lives to God's dream generously. They made sacrifices for God's dream. And they believed in God's love of people, all people, past and present. And they did it. And we continue to do it for the glory of God. So here we are today celebrating 75 years of God's presence with us and God's presence in us. See, St. Michael's, you could say, has been a gateway for countless people to experience that life-changing, transforming of love of God in Jesus Christ. And I know many of your stories 
And I know in your life God has met you through this community and that God has worked on your life to bring out the abundant life that God intended for you. I have conversation after conversation after conversation with people who tell me that this place, this space, these people has literally changed their lives. I've had people tell me, Father Rick, I was on the verge of suicide. I wanted to die. And I came here and my life was changed. See, that's the beauty of what God with us is like. And that's who we are. And that's what we're called to be. I mean, it's true. There's a lot of things that's changed since 1948, right? I mean, eggs are no longer 79 cents a dozen. I mean, milk is no longer 34 cents a gallon. And gasoline, in case y'all haven't noticed, is no longer 26 cents a gallon. But here is the unchangeable truth, the one significant thing that has not changed, and that is the need for a sacred space, a sacred place, a sacred people for those to be encountered by God. I don't mean religion. I don't mean churchianity. I don't mean a cool building. I mean a place where people can be encountered by the living God, the one who created them and set life into them in motion, right? Here's the truth. Everyone in this room, everyone you've ever met, everyone you know, including me, all of us, and each of us, there's an itch, there's a longing, there's something inside us. It's called a holy longing. And it really is for this union with God. You know, and that union can only be found and only experienced through the promise, the gospel, and the person of Jesus Christ. He came so that we could be reconciled, made one with God again and each other. And so everyone carries this longing within them, though they may not consciously name it that, or even be aware that that's what, it's really what they're longing for. But this longing, this search, is exactly what we see in our Old Testament reading um, from Genesis about the story of Jacob. I mean, Jacob, which actually the name means, I like this, striver or hustler, right? So we all have a little bit of a striver striver or hustler in us, right? But he was feeling trouble, and here's why. He was feeling rejected and less favored by his father. And so Jacob, being a striver and a hustler, he deceives both his father and his brother, and he essentially stole the birthright and the blessing that belonged to his brother. Now his brother was a little upset with him, and plans to kill him. I've been mad at my brothers before, but I never made that kind of, right? And so Jacob knows this, and he's on the run. Jacob is running. I don't know if he's just running from his brother, but he's running from something that he knows he's not. You know what I'm talking about, right? And I think at some point in all our lives, in some way, shape, or form, every one of us, <laughs> has been on the run. 
Every one of us, every one of us is longing for something more. I mean, we're striving and hustling our way for meaning, for purpose, for significance, for completeness. And maybe like Jacob, we're running, you know, from a troubled past. You know what I mean? Betrayal, rejection, hurt. Or I see a lot, we run from our secrets. Those are those things that are buried inside us where the shame grips us and holds us and tells us that we're unworthy and that we're not enough. So we just try to run from those secrets to keep them, right? We run to escape guilt. We run to escape regret. We run to escape failure. We run to escape disappointments and bad memories of abuse and neglect. We run to get away from the pain, the losses, and the brokenness of life. Sometimes I think we run, right, because that longing's there. We're running seeking fulfillment and meaning and purpose. So we run like Jacob did to this unknown future, whether it be a job or a relationship. We run to, to try to create some kind of identity, right? Who am I? What is this life all about? What is my purpose? See, but here's the thing. That longing, that holy longing, all that running, searching, seeking, hustling, striving, all of that usually takes us to a place of exhaustion, isolation, aloneness, and darkness. And that's a beautiful place to be, folks. When we come to an end of ourselves, where we eventually stop running from our lives, from, from ourselves, from from. from all that is, and most importantly, when we stop running from God and simply lie down in the middle of the hard places of life and give ourselves over and open ourselves. See, this is the beauty of the hard places because that is indeed the very place that God, believe it or not, the real God, the one who is, will meet you. That's the place of transformation because it's a point of surrender. It's a point of letting go, right, of who I think I am or my control or managing affairs of my own. I got this. You know, I'm good. We give up. It's a point of giving ourselves over to the one, right, who is greater than us. It's in the darkness, it's in the hard places, in the hard spaces, when we realize there's a God and I'm not it. I'm not in control, right? It's a scary place. It's a very scary place for the ego. But this is indeed the place and the space where God meets us and God speaks to us the hard place, as difficult as it is, is actually the place of grace. And for 75 years, St. Michael's has indeed been a community where God meets people and speaks to people. St. Michael's is a place, a space, a people where folks can lie down in the middle of life's hard places and be loved back to life. 
And as we awaken to the reality of God, as we awaken to the reality of this redeeming, transforming God, this love, this restorative grace and love, um, people come and God calls us into his presence, into his purpose, into his power. And this is what it's all about. And you know the word space, Jacob says, he came to a certain place. Well, if you look at the traditional Hebrew, Hebrew rabbinic culture and understanding, the name for place is Makom. And that really means for them, God. See, these walls aren't a place. These pews aren't a place. God is here. God meets us through this place because God is the one. He is the place. See, Jacob fell asleep and he saw a stairway to heaven. I'm going to write a song. <laughs> it's been going through my head, you know. Right. <laughs> Jacob fell asleep and he saw in his dream a stairway from heaven to earth where angels were ascending and descending. There was movement, right? And here's something that's really mind-boggling about God. God's response to finding Jacob was Jacob's vulnerability, sleeping all alone in an open country. And what did God do? Well, God did not ridicule Jacob, for his self-centeredness, his striving, his deception? Or did God rebuke and condemn Jacob for his wayward life and sin? But what did God do? God gave him a blessing. That is exactly what God has done for us. In Jesus Christ gave us a blessing in his very, his very self. You know, Jacob heard God speak. Jacob, you're blessed and you will be a blessing. I have a purpose for your life and I'm going to complete it. I am with you and I will not give up on you. And when we hear God speak to us, and we sense God speaking life into us, and we start to believe that God is blessing us, not condemning us. He didn't come to the world to condemn it, but he came to rescue it and make it whole. And when we open our hearts to that truth, like Jacob, our worlds expand, right? When Jacob laid down that night, his life was one-dimensional. It was defined by his past. His identity consisted of what he had been. But this dream, this encounter, this awakening gave him a new life and a new purpose. It plunged him if you, right into God's divine plan for him that was more beautiful, more expansive than Jacob could ever dream for himself. It was God's plan for a new life. So Jacob wakes up with this awareness of where God is. And he says, whoa, whoa. This is what it's, it's in Hebrew. That's how they translate it. <laughs> whoa. God is 
in this place. But I think he discovered something even more. I think he recognized and awakened to the reality that he himself was God's dwelling place, right? God doesn't dwell in the sky behind the moon, right? God dwells in us, with us. And so Jacob takes this granite pillow, right, that he, the rock that he laid, right? And, and he turns it into a pillar, right? A pillar is a marker, named it Bethel, you know, Bethlehem and the house of bread. There's a lot going on there, but we'll just keep going, Rick. All right. <laughs> he takes this and he, and, he, and, he, and he takes this and he turns it into a pillar, which is a marker for God's presence, right? A marker for God's blessing. And folks, that's what this is. That's what this is. It's what St. Michael's is. It's a marker. It's a marker of God's presence and God's blessing to those who find themselves here on life, their life journey. It's a sacred space where folks can awaken to God's presence and have their lives transformed and changed. Because here's the fact, here's the truth, here's the reality. Something is always happening between heaven and earth, between God and us. God is always present. God is always reaching out to us. That's the heart of the gospel, right? That's the promise of the gospel. No matter how lost you feel, no matter how fearful you are, no matter how you've strayed, no matter how much you're hustling and all that deception has led you down to an unforsaken place, no matter how often you've turned away for God and said, I'm good, I got this, no matter how you've discounted God's love or existence, no matter how much you've believed or haven't believed, no matter what obstacle you faced or are facing, God is always present and reaching out to us. It's just like quantum physics, for those of you, right? Because it's just like in this physical space, right? There's activities and there's particles and there's all kinds of things moving and spinning and relating that we can't see. But it's happening. And our readings from Genesis and John and Revelation, it tells us that it's true for the spiritual world as well. There is movement. There is movement. God moving amongst us. The angels of God, the messengers of God are ascending and descending. There's traffic and movement and activity between heaven and earth. See, there's more to this world and our lives than what we can touch, what we can see, what we can hear, what we can taste, what we can smell. There is within each and every one of us a holy longing for God. But so often, we sleepwalk or we run right past it. And as we awaken to that longing, we discover that it's actually God who is longing for us. Isn't that remarkable? So if you have a little itch inside you right now, a little nudge inside you, a little longing, I'm just telling you the truth. 
If you're seeking God, just know this. That's actually God who's seeking you. Yes, like Jacob, the presence of the Lord is in this place. But here's something even more profoundly beautiful. In the words of Jesus to Nathaniel in our gospel, there's been a change in position. God's not behind the moon, right? God is no longer at the top of the ladder. We don't ascend to God. We don't work our way to God. Instead, God has come to the bottom. And God has descended to us. Right? He's clothed in the clothes of humanity. And God, Emmanuel, is with us. But not only with us. God is one of us. And Jesus is that God. Jesus is the very gate of heaven. Notice I didn't say the Episcopal Church. I didn't say religion. I didn't say Christianity. It's Jesus. And he's come to awaken us to the reality that we, too, are God's chosen dwelling place. So today on our anniversary celebration, my anniversary celebration... Yes, we turn our gaze back to our history because our faith is born and nurtured in an experience of what God has done for us in the past. This place is the very gate of heaven, not because we are perfect people, but because Jesus Christ is here. But like Jacob, we must absolutely not, must not let our past be the part of our movement back to the past. But it has to be a movement into the future because Jesus has commissioned you, not Father Rick, you, me, us, this people with a purpose. And that is to participate in God's dream. To participate with Jesus, man. That's what this is, right? In making God's radical, reckless, restoring, redeeming, reconciling, one-way love real for all people. Because there is a hunger. There is a longing in this world. And they might not even know it, right? May we awaken to God's words to Jacob anew. St. Michael's, St. Michael's, you are blessed and will be a blessing to be a blessing because I have a purpose for your life and I am going to complete it. I am with you and I will not give up on you. And like Jacob, may we rest assured, now know in our souls and respond with our lives. Surely God is in the presence of this place. How awesome is this place. There is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Happy anniversary, church. I love you.
Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.